0: Welcome to Rose Radio. I'm your host Marley Harris and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a full-time career while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show I inspire all you little rosebuds to do the same. Thanks for listening, now enjoy the show. okay welcome back everyone to rose radio i'm here with one of my really good friends renee and i'm so excited for this episode renee is i don't even know where to begin (laughs) we met i'm actually going to tell the story of how we met so we met in bali and i completely manifested her because during my time there I wanted to move into a villa so I wrote down like every single thing I want in this villa and something that was so important to me was with being with other like entrepreneurial women and I just wrote this down because I'm like okay I hope this works out and then I ended up getting this villa who was actually had two women in it who were both entrepreneurs and when I met Renee I was like oh my god I'm in love with you <laughs> So, but now we're in Bondi in Australia, which is so crazy. We live three minutes from each other, which was not on purpose, but maybe it was. (laughs) And yeah, so we have Renee here. She owns her own swimwear brand called Odin Ray. You might have heard of it. And she's just one of those people that I go to about everything. She literally has the best mindset on everything. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. And yeah, so we're just going to jump right into it. So I know this is like a big loaded question, but I would love to know kind of like your story with Elden Ray and like where you were when you thought of the idea and why you wanted to start your own business and then kind of all the way to how you decided to run your business from Bali. Okay. That's a a big question. That's a big (laughs) intro, actually.
1: It's a big intro to follow. Um, Yeah, so I guess for me, I was actually just – promising Molly a second ago to sort of say that unlike I think most entrepreneurs I feel like my journey came slightly differently in the sense that it didn't necessarily come out of a pre-existing passion um I have always known like as long as I can remember that I wanted to work for myself and that I needed to work for myself like I've just I've had a problem with authority i have like to call it my entire <laughs> life um, I've always known I just wanna work on my own schedule. And so for me, it kind of more came about that being the goal. So I was like, right, this is what I want my life to look like. Um, You know, I want the flexibility to work when I wanna work on my schedule and where I wanna work from. So um, I've always wanted to be a little more nomadic. I love to travel. I absolutely hate the winter. So I tend to have to avoid that wherever I can. And yeah, so to be honest, it took like quite a few months. I sort of sat there and tried to think of every different type of business I could do. And I went through, you know, numerous ideas. But as I say, I ultimately kept coming back to what I wanted it to provide me. And so for the nomadic type of, I guess, lifestyle that I was looking for, it meant that I needed something that I could do um, from wherever. So that quite quickly took a few of the business ideas I was working on earlier out of the picture. Actually, out of curiosity, what were some of your early... Consulting.
0: Biz- so, really? Yeah. That's okay, so interesting.
1: There were a couple of things, actually. but So I worked in corporate my whole life, and one of the things that I was... I, I feel like you... I haven't told you this, actually. Yeah. But I think you would probably quite like this. I found myself, quote-unquote, passionate about was... I didn't like so once I got into like management, I didn't really like the discrepancy that I would see between women and men and their career progression in traditional corporate. And yeah, there's a number of different reasons, but I think that, you know, a lot of people tend to blame it on things like like mother like being a mother, which to some extent it does affect, because ultimately as you start to really develop in your career, if you take a couple of years out to go and, you know, work from home or have babies, etc you kind of do get semi left behind by your male counterparts. You come back a couple of years later, full steam ahead and you know, they've had two years of just their kind of grinding away. Um, But I actually thought the biggest problem was a confidence issue. So I noticed like, you know, my sort of last role, I had quite a lot of direct reports and I would have to do their like annual um, reviews and things like that. And I just sort of consistently noticed that what would happen is they'd come in and they'd have to fill out, you know, like the kind of presentation first and, a bunch of things were in it, but like one of the main kind of things I would look at is, you know, what did they think they did well, what do they think they're kind of um, you know, need a little bit of help on, or where they don't think they're doing as well. And generally, like there's obviously the odd anomaly, but generally across the board I found the girls came in, really talked down what they were doing well, and actually their only answers would be really directly obvious things they can't really deny. So like, mm. I made target in January. So it's like you know, they don't really feel obnoxious saying that because it's obvious. It's right there on paper. Um, and, then, and then on the flip side, when you're looking at, okay, what do you think you could do better? There's just like a long list of like, oh, I could probably do this better, this better, this better. Men are the complete opposite. They come in and they're like, oh, well, I'm doing all these things great. Half of them of which I'm sort of as the manager like, well, I don't think so. And then on the flip side, what do you think you can improve on? The same thing in reverse where it's like literally only the things that you can directly show. So I missed this one target, so to speak. So Interesting. I just, I kind of, that for me was something I kind of always had a problem with because I never, in my opinion, really had the confidence issue. So I spoke to my manager at the time, she was a woman and the reason, well, one of the reasons I think she hired me is she sort of had the same, I guess, vision around like helping empower other women. And I spoke to her about it, and you know she was always like, "Oh, I can kind of see you ultimately ending up doing something like that, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Anyway, I wanted to quit. I wanted to start my own business. My initial thoughts were I was going to do um, consulting into smaller, so probably businesses about my size actually, where you're too small to go and hire uh, like specialists in each area. So you don't well you don't need. Nor can you afford a marketing manager, a digital marketing manager, this, or that, a strategy mm-hmm. manager, an operations mm-hmm. director. Um, and so then somebody like me who's kind of worked in corporate across the board could come in and help facilitate at a higher level, but across all kind of facets of the business. And then I started looking at working and consulting around um, going into businesses and helping them, like, bridge that gap. For confidence between girls trying to get to the next level of the corporate ladder, etc. Um, so yeah. Anyway, really, really long I just off.
0: got <laughs> because people listen to this will not know yet, but your new venture with Odin Ray, yeah, kind of in turn does help that. Yeah, like giving women confidence. Yeah, it's funny actually you wow. say that
1: because also what we were talking about earlier is for me one of the things that it's that has excited me the most about my business to date has been hiring my friends and being able to give them jobs that I like to think they enjoy so I've got a couple of really close girlfriends of mine that are part of the team now and I am fortunate that I can give them roles that are so specific to what they love and what they're really really inherently good at Um, and that for me is like a passion just across the board I, I just absolutely can't stand the concept of people being in these jobs that you're doing a whole bunch of stuff you don't enjoy you're not very good at It's the same thing every day. You're
0: miserable. Because you were there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I kind of, actually, it's funny. Now I'm just realizing as well, that's been the thing I've actually enjoyed ultimately about the business growth. Um, But the whole reason I ended up avoiding (laughs) that was, one, it would make me very reliant on where I was. True. Which I didn't want. Two, I also, my biggest priority was scalability without my time. So I wanted to be able to scale a business. But as my business grew and scaled, my time scaled back. So, you know,
0: this is something that I really admire in you. Is I feel like you always start any venture with scalability yeah. at the forefront. It has to be. And I definitely didn't do that. I did, I did that backwards. So, like, I've learned a lot from you in that sense.
1: But I think that's because your business has come more from a passion as well so your natural your creative your natural skill set and your passion has sort of led you in your business direction and so i think typically the only reason i've looked at it like that is because i didn't have the passion to lead me so if i had a passion i probably wouldn't have looked at that necessarily it doesn't come as naturally but because i didn't have the like i think it works both ways on the one hand, I do think that not starting a business out of a pure passion has definitely had its downfalls. But the flip side is I haven't been clouded. My vision's not clouded by my passion. So I've worked with people now who have businesses that have grown out of passion. And I do think those tend to be the best businesses. However, I think they struggle to pivot and they struggle to make harder decisions because they're so emotionally tied to it. Yeah. Whereas like you were just saying about the scalability thing, Because I wasn't there going, no, I'm absolutely obsessed with this concept that I love, so therefore it has to look like this. For me, it was like, I don't really care what it looks like on the inside. What I need it to look like is it can grow with me doing less over time, and I
0: can be wherever I want to be. Which is exactly what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Which is incredible. So... Yeah. Okay. So so we're back, basically in London, England. This is where Renee first was when she started her business. Exactly. Working corporate, just like wasn't really it wasn't your vibe. It was raining every day. It was shitty weather all the time. You know, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. So Odin Ray was birthed. Yeah. So. I actually quit
1: my job prior to starting Odin Ray, and I was doing the consulting. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so my partner and I were doing long distance because he's he a professional athlete, so I couldn't actually... Um, he can't move, so to speak. They have a lot less control over where they're kind of assigned to. So um, I had been wanting to leave for a while for personal reasons and obviously professional reasons. I started the consultancy company. Then when I had... And this is the other thing, actually, I find I personally found quite frustrating when I wanted to start a business is the sensible way, obviously, is keep your job until you know what you want to do, until it makes enough money that you can quit your job, et cetera, et cetera. And I know for some people that's the only option, but I found it very hard to get the headspace while working a corporate job. Like I was doing 70 hours a week. I had, like I was saying, I had like a lot of people who worked for me, a lot of like to get home at the end of the day mentally and emotionally drained, and then go great now I'm just going to think up this mag like magical business idea. People who manage to do that are like superheroes. To yeah, me. I couldn't do it, so I got to a point where I was like, it had probably been a year that I was like, okay, one day I want to start a business, and I just couldn't seem to make any traction on it or yeah. get any traction, and. I realized at that point, I was like, do you know what, there's, and I'd listen to podcasts and everything else, and everyone's like, you know, do your side hustle, side hustle, this side hustle, that, and I felt like I tried for so long, I just got sick to death of it, and I was like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this kind of side hustle, and so I just jumped off, I just, I hadn't, thankfully enough on in savings, slash my partner was also quite supportive in terms yeah. of like, um. You know, happen with like the bills and things yeah. like that. So I I know not everyone can be in the same sort of fortunate position. But I would have done it regardless. I know I would have. I yeah. I've kind of the way I operate is You're all to, in. Yeah, <laughs> just just jump. We'll yeah. figure it out. You yeah. always learn to swim once you're in. But if yeah. you stand on the side kind of thinking about it, trying to get your floaties on, all that sort of stuff, you just never get there. Um so yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there.
0: But um I think we were talking about how Ray started and then how it got to the fact that where you are now. So you're in London. Oh yes,
1: yeah, so sorry. I started, so I started the consultancy. Yeah. And then as soon as I had the headspace where I was away from working full-time every day, my fear was I was gonna then get lazy. It just doesn't happen like that. The minute I was like, I'd probably had a week or two off. I honestly my brain was firing. It was just like ideas coming to me left, right, and centre. Opportunities actually I had like multiple friends of mine being like, I've heard you've left and you want to start your own business. I want to start a business with you. Here's my idea. Let's do this together. Let's do that wow. together. And all of a sudden, it was just like this whole new world of, like, opportunity. And for me, it was just getting that
0: headspace. So And the universe enough. was like, oh, she took a leap. Exactly. She's building confidence and self-worth. Let's exactly. just give her all the abundance. Yeah. And then also, I think yeah. it was
1: a lot of tests. Oh, yes. Because looking back now, I think you know, when you first get this opportunity, someone comes to you and they're like, oh, we should do this business and that business. And you're like, oh my God, do you know what? Shiny objects. Ends? Yeah, literally little shiny objects. Yeah. And it was quite difficult to sit back for a second and go, oh, hold on, does this one feel right? What's it going to provide? What's the long term? Um, and then turn them away when you didn't have another option yet. Um,
0: so yeah, I think the tests. I okay, mean, that is so good because this is what I like teach. So it's like when you are like on the path tests will come to you like you said and when you pass the test better things come absolutely but shinier objects will come too which is like that thing that looks like what it's meant to be it's like Uh, everything that's meant to be but then there's like one thing wrong yeah and sometimes you'll be like oh well it's almost perfect so i'll just do it and then you learn your lesson and then you come back on the path or you can have that confidence and believability in yourself and say no to it and then at the end of the like golden path is like your big thing Absolutely. which was probably old and way old and right
1: yeah i do think so i've had i've had periods of falling in and out of love with my business i won't lie again i think that's probably due to it didn't come from a like extreme passion like i said yeah. but the closer it's getting me to the life that i wanted ironically the more i'm passionate about the actual business itself so it's kind of come full I think you're going to
0: be more grateful for it, right? Because I yeah. appreciate it of it. Because you're like sitting in Bali, sitting at like the breeze of having yeah. a wine at 3pm being like, okay, <laughs> this, this works. It's definitely not terrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think as well, it's the longer I've had it, maybe I've had more confidence to turn it into something I love. Right. So I do think in the beginning, I was probably more cautious about, I think I needed to keep my blinkers on a bit more. And I'm learning to do that the longer I've been doing it. And yeah. um, stop looking at everything else, everyone else, how I think I should do it. Now that the business is at a point, I feel like I can afford to take some risks. It means that I'm making decisions that are actually in line with, in like alignment with me and what I want the business to be more so, I think.
0: It's actually been really amazing watching you make those changes because I think when we first met, our conversations were around kind of like you maybe looking for something, like, looking to start another business, because you, <laughs> yeah, what she has, but <laughs> just, like, bringing more passion into Odin, right, That was, like, our whole company, yeah. but now you've done that, it's been yeah. so amazing, and, like, seeing your energy around the business, and, like, and, like, you've seen more success with it, I think, mm. in these past few weeks, like, with yeah everything like. in alignment, and you're, like, it's just really amazing to see you, like, you have that idea, and you're just, you're just doing the damn thing.
1: And again, I think that kind of comes back to what you were talking about with the tests and everything like that for me the you know we speak about manifestation and all of that but what that ultimately means for me so we you know speak about being in your worth, etc is trusting your gut oh yes. and so whenever i'm really genuinely in tune with what i feel in my gut i should be doing it always seems to reward me in the right way and it's all those times that you're not quite doing and it doesn't mean you won't get success necessarily, but I think it's definitely a toned down version of the success you would get. And so the more I've just been listening to my gut, the more it kind of seems to be, yeah, like rewarding me.
0: If That's that really sense. good. And I actually, this question just came up for me, and I never asked you this, but you were building a life of like nomadic, like working from anywhere in the world. But your partner at the time was stuck in a location. Yeah, how? So that yeah, terrific point. <laughs> 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 was he kind of like supporting you, but in the end, kind of like, wait, what? Why do you want to leave? Or was like, was that uncomfortable?
1: Well, no, I think actually, because what it would have meant. So with professional sport, they can sign a contract. Really, most countries around the world. So, the nomadic lifestyle at that point was more that I could be with him wherever we needed to be. Right. So, like, I've, and he also just loves travel, and at some point he'd have to retire. Yeah. So, the concept was like, okay, well, if he signs a contract in France, I can happily come to France because for me, I couldn't just go with him if I didn't have my own thing. Like, I'm wildly independent, so I needed to have my own career. Yeah. And so, the options at that point were, either I have no career and I just kind of trot around the world with him or I find a way to have my own career, but it means that I can go with him wherever. Um, and because, I mean, as you know, like I've moved quite a lot. I have no, you know, kind of problem with just up and moving. I find it exciting. So, I love it. Yeah. So the concept of like him being able to sign a contract wherever we wanted to go, Japan, whatever, um, probably led into that. And then ultimately long term when he retired,
0: we would just go wherever. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I could pick up. He's probably like, line, wait, what is she scheming over there? Yeah. <laughs> is something you want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's amazing. Okay, so you started on Ray, you started to pick up, and then you end up moving to Bali. Mm-hmm. So I want to know kind of why you chose Bali. I mean, I know, <laughs> as having been there. But, like, why did you choose Bali, and what is it like living and working from Bali?
1: Honestly, I feel like it's gonna sound so repetitive, but for Bali again, it was just in my gut. So, really? first time I ever went there on a holiday was with my ex, my partner at the time, and honestly, the minute I got there, I just felt weirdly like it kind of felt a little bit like home. And the only other place I've ever had that was LA. Actually, strangely, when I was oh my 10. god, wait,
0: I've never told you this, but yeah, same. Seen? no way I swear to god the only two places I've been where I've landed I'm like I feel home is LA and Bali I want to know how you, know yeah, how you yeah, check yeah, your
1: yeah. Chart, we need to I'd do that I'd love to know
0: where ours was both are yeah
1: really? and I've been really wanting to get back to LA again to see if I still feel like that um, I have goosebumps oh my god that's weird so high hi. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so I got there first time for a holiday and I was just like I just felt I don't know it was just weird I it's the energy my partner and I were supposed to be there for maybe two weeks. And then we I like caught up with a friend while we were there for drinks one night. And she was there with another friend for like another two weeks. And so then one night I just said to my partner, I was like, can I not here to go back to work? I was like, do you mind if I don't come? Like I'm just going to extend my trip. he's like, yeah, he was like super supportive. So I stayed another like two weeks. And then he also loved it. and We just kept going back every chance we got. And then I went back. work so I also manufacture part of um my brand out there so then I would go there for work and do photo shoots and every time I went honestly I just didn't want to leave like and the pull just got stronger and stronger and stronger um and then my partner and I separated and to be honest a large part of that was um I mean there's obviously different reasons for things but like ultimately I felt very trapped because this career didn't let me kind of go and do and be where I wanted to be and I just felt such a strong pull to be in Bali so um we separated yeah it was just like I'm just going to go there it, I don't think in my head I thought it was necessarily a definite ongoing long term thing yeah. I just thought I'll just go and then figure it out and then yeah. once I got there I just loved it and I just didn't want to leave. So you went alone right? Yeah. Was that scary? I to be honest it's, it's funny I was thinking about this on the walk here I generally think one of the things that makes me and I hate when it always sounds really like. No, just say it. <laughs> it always sounds really like you know on your high horse when people are like, oh, "I'm a natural born entrepreneur." I do think there's certain qualities. I think anyone can be an entrepreneur, and some people will be better at like quote unquote business. Yeah. But I think the qualities that lend myself to this kind of lifestyle, I'm not really afraid of a lot. So when people are right. like, "Does that scare you?" And actually, my partner recently said to me the other day, I was talking to him about like you know, I'm starting another subset of my brand and and putting obviously like a fair chunk of money into it. Yeah. And he was like, oh my God, the way you just think where you're just like, oh, just put, you know, like all this money into this thing that yeah. may or may not work. And if it doesn't work, he was like, that just terrifies me. Like I yeah. thought of that and he's like, doesn't it scare you? I was like, not really at all. <laughs> like, that's the same thing with moving. And no, not at all. Okay. I don't know. That's good. Don't Did get you... me wrong. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Nervous about, you get a little bit lonely in the beginning, but very really scared. More
0: excited, I would assume. Yeah, right? because what's the worst
1: that can happen? Exactly, you just go it's back. <laughs> <laughs> but also anywhere in the world. This is yeah. This is the twenty first century. If you go somewhere, it doesn't work. You're miserable. You just turn around and you go back again. Like I don't.
0: I just. I don't know. My brain just doesn't conceptualize the problem. Like no, I I love that about you because you just go for shit and you just don't think about like you just don't think about. Well, if you do think about the worst case scenario with you, you're like, okay, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Wait, can you actually talk about this? Yeah. The face yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this is a Tim Ferriss thing and it just really resonated with me. So some people, so I think this is where you and I are actually a little bit different. You're more in the like, I'm not even going to put that in the space because it's like negative and you think really positively and you're like, I'm just going to focus on this is how it's going to go. For me, it actually is a lot easier to go, right, what's worst case scenario And then you work backwards from that. So if for argument's sake, and I actually did this when I was looking at quitting my job to start my own business, it's like, what is the worst case scenario? Oh my God, I quit my job. I can't get another one. Or, you know, I quit my job. I run out of money and my business doesn't work or I don't think of an idea, so on and so forth. And you write it all down and then it's like, okay, if this worst case scenario happens, what are some things that you could do to kind of mitigate that? And you're like, well, I'd probably get another job. What are the chances of that? Pretty easy. Worst case scenario, and then I get a job not as good. Like, You know, because I was so afraid of jumping off the corporate ladder. It's like, oh, I've worked my whole life to get to where I am. If I jump off, I can't just jump back on at the same rung of the ladder. And once you kind of look at the, okay, what could I do to alter this sort of worst case scenario? You're like, oh, that actually really isn't that big of a deal. And then the flip side is you then after that go, what's the best case scenario? And you're like, well, I'd be living where I want. I'd be making money. I'd be doing this and that. And you're like, okay, is that worth the risk? Absolutely. Like for me, the answer was always yes. And it's the same with, yeah, like we said, moving. Look at the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. You get somewhere. You can't make friends. You're lonely. You're crying in your bed at night by yourself. You get mugged. You lose all your money. Blah, 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 blah. Worst case scenario. Most people, you've got parents, they'll pay for a flight home to your yeah. home country. You live on your mom's couch for four weeks while you pick yourself back up. Like, the worst case scenario, I don't think for, like I say, like we're in the first world, 21st century, people who are listening to this kind of thing, realistically, the worst case scenario is just
0: not that bad. And the thing is, once you take those leaps, I just find the universe shows up in ways you never expect, and it's just way 100%. better than you would ever expect.
1: I have never, ever been punished for making a scary decision. Like, I couldn't tell you one time. Whereas, have I been rewarded? Every single time.
0: Oh, that's good. Like, you agree? Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Like, even with my business, like, when I quit my other jobs, like, I was working last year, Wait, what month? Is it July? Yeah, last yeah. year at this time, I was working three different jobs. Yeah, exactly. And then by September, when I quit my job, my, my two other jobs and just worked on Rose Designs, my income for Rose Designs tripled. So, oh so it's like, why didn't I do that earlier? Yeah. Oh god, I'm I, killing yeah. myself in three different jobs when I could just be putting all my energy into something I truly love. Yeah, oh my god,
1: no, I completely agree. I always feel like as well, the scarier the decision, the, more, the, heart, the greater the reward. Exactly. Well. Like for me, moving to Bali... It was scary at the time because I had to break up with my partner. And that was probably actually the scariest decision I've made because, you know, I love that man to death. However, how I feel living in Bali comparative to how I felt in the UK, for me, was the biggest reward ever. And I've spoken to you about this before. It was like, if you look at your life as like a pie, my relationship was good and then everything else was terrible. Whereas in Bali, that piece of the pie switched and it's like my entire life was good. And then obviously I just had to deal with the loss
0: of my partner at the time. I was hoping you'd say this. Really, <laughs> this is my, like one of my favorite analogies that you say, because I'm like, that's so true, and I just love that you had the foresight to like look at that and yeah. be like, okay, like I kind of have to lose this piece of me in order to have a full pie like on your own. Yeah,
1: and I just think uh, when it comes to relationships, I think they're the scariest thing to leave. But I think at the end of the day, you have to be a whole person by yourself. Mm-hmm. And you and I speak about this as well. You can't fill someone else's cup when your cup's half empty, and also you can't really expect other people to fill your cup. So you kind of got to be like responsible for that. And I just got to a point I knew I couldn't have the things I wanted that are like really true to who I am at my core in that relationship. And so it doesn't to me I I also know you can love more than one person and you yeah. can fall in love and you know feel like a relatively open mind, compassionate human being i think we all have more than one person out there for us so for me it was like I, it's so cheesy but that scene with samantha of um sex in the city where she's like i love you but i love me more yeah that really resonates with me because i do think women especially we get quite codependent and i think it's a really dangerous cycle to get into because if you love somebody more than you love yourself i, I don't think that's and I know it sounds so cliche, but I really don't think that's a healthy position to ever be in. I don't think anyone can ever truly be deeply happy, generally in a
0: relationship or single if they're not happy on their own. If that makes sense. Okay, this is the perfect pivot because I really want to talk about mindset like around men with you. Because right. when I met Renee, like my mindset around men was very not good. Like I, in my head, I was like, all men are like bad. Like men do bad things. Like. Like, they cheat, da-da-da, because da, da, it was, like, just, like, the people that I was surrounding myself mm-hmm. with, that was, like, the story that I was hearing. Yeah. So, obviously, like, my mindset around men was not as good as it is now. So, when I met Renee, like, I just remember, you just said some you thi- you just, like, say things, and I'm, like, wow, like, I've never heard anyone say that. So, like, I find you're very, like, confident when it comes to men. You have, like, a lot of knowledge around that. Like, is this something that you've always been, like, like, very confident around men, or is it just something you kind of, like, grew... To learn or like meet people you or it was like your mom or it was like someone you grew up with. It's a really good question. I've actually never really and I mean you know
1: me I'm really self analytical yeah, so yeah. I've actually never really analysed that before. I do think inherently I've had a relative amount of confidence around men most of my life. But so I moved out of home really young. Um, I think I told you about it. I was fourteen, and I think that I used to resent that up until probably the last, say, five years of my life. Because, you know, you take that real woe is me approach. of like, Why me? Why did I have it this way and that way? But now I'm actually so grateful for it because I think it's the reason I'm not really afraid of a lot because I had to just get on with it. And so I think the reason that I have a confidence around men if I really analyse it is that, again, it comes back to that self-worth thing. Like, the worst-case scenario is someone doesn't love you back or they leave you or they do something to hurt you. Well, okay then you just carry on. I don't know. So I think when you take the power away from someone to hurt you and you're the only one in control of how you feel, yeah, it disempowers. Like I think we have this tendency to put people on this pedestal or put men on this like, we give them this power and this control where it's like you could hurt me. And then as soon as you do that, you just live in fear because you know they hold the control. So I think the confidence kind of inadvertently comes from that like loop of thinking, well, even if they did hurt me, I then choose how I respond to that and they're not the right person for me and I would rather know sooner than later and so then it kind of disempowers that whole process maybe if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, that's I love that. So
1: I think to some extent, yeah, I've probably always been like that. I've definitely grappled with different elements of it um, growing up in terms of like, you know, I think I had like issues and things due to like childhood but I think we all have things we're working on. Like it's a never ending that's the point of life. We're constantly growing if you're not growing and dying. So I'm definitely not the like oh, I've definitely not reached that kind of point of like, oh yeah, I'm completely perfect in relationships.
0: Yeah. Now I can assure you
1: that's not the case. boyfriend. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, I think there was always a confidence there. Yeah. That's something
0: that's there. I like to some extent. I I feel like feel that confidence. Like you're yeah. very confident. Like you come off very confident. <laughs> um do you, <laughs> you seem on a band <laughs> And, like, something that you usually mention is, like, I meet a lot of girls who think that things always happen to them with Mm. guys. Like, oh, I always get cheated on, or guys always leave me, or, so, and I remember one time, like, talking to you about this, and it's kind of like you said, like, and I'm sorry if this offends anyone, but they almost bring it on themselves yeah because it's like if they have a negative mindset around it that's kind of like what they're attracting because like if you don't think anyone loves you or if you don't think that you're worthy of being trustworthy or supported then that's kind of what you attract absolutely also even if
1: it's a self-fulfilling prophecy as well i think subconsciously the message you're delivering is i don't think i'm worthy therefore why can why would somebody else like if you're there kind of not thinking that you're worthy enough of love or to be treated correctly, you're sending this message on some subconscious level to them to be like... It's like, you know when you meet someone and you can meet a person and you think they're absolutely amazing, and then they're just really desperate to, like, kind of... you can They just ooze desperation. On some level, you sit there going, well, why are you... Like, you're kind of making it now appear like you don't think you've got options or you're not being choosy. You're kind of so easy to just throw yourself at me. It makes me question, like, why? Like, why does no one else want you? And (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think we all do kind of deliberately – or sorry, not deliberately, but, like, subconsciously deliver the messages we're delivering. So I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think it comes from a lack of, like, maybe that being in your worth or whatever else, which I think is difficult because when people say stuff like that, you're like, I know when you are in a state of, like, not feeling a lot of self-worth you can't really just click your fingers and go oh okay I've just got to have self-worth oh cool there's the answer I'll go and have (laughs) self-worth that's I guess like a bit of a kind of you know journey in itself but I think for me the one thing you can change quite early and I definitely didn't have self-worth my whole life for sure I didn't there was so many periods in my life growing up that I think I struggled with that like like most people but mindset is the one thing you can control and I do honestly think to some extent like if you start consciously trying to deliver yourself certain messages eventually you will start to believe them on some kind of subconscious level plus you're sending that message to other people and you know you're kind of creating a more positive space for things to come in and so i do think like if anyone was ever to say to me what would you recommend i would say be careful who you speak to about relationships and men because like you were saying you you know when you've got girlfriends and i've got a couple like that now and if I'm honest, i want to say just kind of I kind of just let it fly straight past me because it's just not helpful. It's not useful. And at the end of the day, like, there's good and bad in everyone. Men are good. Men are bad. Women are good. Women are bad. Some people are shit. Like, that's (laughs) plain and simple. But not everyone's shit. And not all men are shit. And, you know, my boyfriend actually said something. He was giving a girlfriend of mine advice. And he was like, I don't know why women think of us. Because she couldn't understand why um, this guy didn't kiss her. And she's like, he obviously doesn't like me, this and that. And Luke's like he's shy, like, yeah. he's nervous, he goes, why do you women treat us like we're superheroes, he goes, anything you're thinking on a date, or whatever, we're thinking the exact same thing, like, we're not, we're like, you know, we are human, we have insecurities, we want you to like us, we're overthinking what you think, I think men typically respond differently, but it doesn't mean they don't feel things differently to us, so I think we've got to stop getting in this habit, and I, I'm, I know, I'm like you, I've got a lot of friends who, oh, men are all this, men are all shit, they're all cheap. They're, and that's just like, well, that's just not the right mindset to be in. And of course that's all you're going to attract because men can sense you don't believe that they're good. And same thing again, like you can almost drive a good man to be bad. If it's like, if they think you don't trust them, what is the point of them making the sacrifices and making the effort to be trustworthy when they are in trouble anyway? Do you right.
0: Know what I mean? Yes. Oh, my God. No. So, um,
1: See, I think you've just got to be so careful about who you spend time with. It's not just relationships, it's life in general. If you're constantly around naysayers, it gets in your head. And then you then start attracting the same kind of thing. And it's just, it's irrational, to be honest. Like, women are just so inherently irrational. We like to grip onto the most irrational thoughts and just run to the hills with them. Um, I think it's just about sitting back, taking a moment, being like, okay, this could be the scenario, again, worst case scenario. But actually, it could be these five positive options. And at the end of the day, I think, like, when it comes to the fear of being hurt, which we all have, for me, it's now like, right, look at this rashly. If they hurt you and it happens, you can deal with it then, be devastated, and then move on. The second option is you worry about it the whole goddamn time. You're not less hurt when it happens because you've worried about it for the last six months of your life. So all you've done is increase your pain exponentially because you've worried about it solely for six months and then it happens anyway. Option three is, you don't worry about it and it never happens. To me, the worst option is worry about it and it happens. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, You're kind of better that. to live in, even if you don't believe it, you better live in blissful ignorance
0: until you believe it. Yes. And my let talks about that while well, blissful ignorance. Who does? And my let? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a podcaster, I think. Oh, I'm really? obsessed oh, with Oh, I'm yes, okay, Yes, Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. So Your accent. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. See, everyone listening can just hear, tantrum, like, <laughs> Renee's advice, like, literally fires me up. And, yeah, getting in a relationship recently, I'm always, like, voice knowing Renee. Like, what do you think about this? What I do I need? And she's like, Marley, calm down. Like, <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> so, yeah. So thankful for you. Okay, I want to pivot to one last thing. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it's co- we're still in COVID right now. We're still in a pandemic. And hopefully, when people listen this in the very future, this will be over soon. And we'll be back in Bali. But... Anyways, um, so everyone's working from home right now, and the thing is, like, I've heard from a lot of women and men, it's like, no one has a routine anymore, because, like, mm-hmm. now everyone is kind of in that, pushed into being their own entrepreneur, making yeah. their own schedule, like, no one's, like, going to work anymore, no one has that regimented routine that is just given to them, they can make it on their own, yeah. and if you're not used to that, it can be really hard, like, I yeah. remember when I first started as an entrepreneur, I was like, I have to make my own schedule, like, you need dedication, motivation, Mm -hmm. you need to be, you know, you, and also, you have no one to hold you accountable anymore, it's not like you're going to work, and someone's like, okay, you need to do this, 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 it's like, you're sitting at home, and you have the whole day to do something, so you take the whole day to do five things when it could have been done in 20 minutes, (laughs) so I'm just wondering, like, if you have any advice on, like, working from home, running your own business, and, like, what it comes down to with, like, building a routine, and, like, Getting shit done mm. when really you have um, so much time to do anything. And I know before, like when we were speaking before we started recording, you said something about being like proactive and reactive, so I want to get into all that juicy. Okay. Stuff.
1: So I think this, my answer is probably maybe slightly more relevant to someone who's been doing it a little bit longer, like me, because. I think if you're first getting into that routine, you probably need like the proactive reactive thing I was saying is that when you're used to being reactive, it's a lot easier to get things done, but the minute you have to be proactive. So like you say, no one's there to push you. You don't have the same deadlines, et cetera. That's a, almost a new habit in itself. You've got to create. I well, think most people, most people are yeah. reactive generally. Yeah. And so I think that the only, my only advice really there is you have to create routine and you kind of just have to force yourself to stick to it. So I would say figure out when you're the most productive and structure things around that. I mean, you and I both are big believers in like really obvious things like exercising, eating well, getting outside. I swear, since I've started going for walks, it just makes the world of difference to me. It just by the time I've been on a walk, I'm completely re-stimulated and re-energized and like my brain is like firing again. Whereas if you're sitting at your desk for two, three hours at a time, you just go brain dead. Like it makes sense. It makes completely sense. Yeah, and it's obvious. But the one thing I was sort of gonna say is this is a new thing I've kind of come into, and I now swear by this. And actually, there's a guy that I'm obsessed with called Navar Ravikant. Oh um, yes. I think yeah. I told you about him. Yeah, um, he's actually he was talking recently on like one of these podcasts, and his audience is like 98 percent males who are in tech. So like, <laughs> he's not really maybe someone that most people would listen to. But he's um, like, yes, it's yeah, it <laughs> he's, he's just so great. I love where his mind works, but. He sort of said something to me once that I was like, right. He said, you can't always be in your creative space. And you and I talk about being your zone of genius. And if you, when you feel it, like when you get that tickle of like, right, I'm in that zone, ride that wave as long as you can. But if you're not in it, don't force it. And this is something I've started doing now. And I was saying to you this morning, like I keep kind of beating myself up for not having a schedule, but the whole reason I work for myself is so I don't have to have a schedule. So for me now it's like if I wake up and I'm feeling it I go straight to work if I'm not I'm like Do you know what I'll get up I'll go for work I'll go to the gym I'll like talk to a girlfriend listen to a podcast whatever then the minute it hits me I go to work and I'm finding I'm 100 times more productive so like you sort of notice if you sit there and you try and force it and let's say you sit at your desk like you tell yourself I'm going to work from 9 to 12 have my lunch break whatever you sit there at 9 you're just not in the mood you wake up you're groggy you can't really be arsed And by the time you get to 12, you've technically worked three hours, you've probably done thirty minutes of productive work and it's pretty subpar because you're not in your space. Whereas now I'm like, right, so this morning I probably won't start work till 2 o'clock. Yesterday I started work like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm still trying to fight that like urge to be like, oh no, you should be at work by now. But then what I'll find is I'll then sit there till sort of 9 o'clock at night and I will get out so much really good quality work because I've done it in the space that I'm in. So if you have the option to be flexible, my advice is to be ride the wave of genius when you're in it, zone of genius when you're in it. And when you're not, don't force it because what happens is you sit in that three hours, you then get to the end of the three hours. Like I say, you've got 30 minutes of work out of it, but you're now further away from your next wave of zone of genius because you're still in that irky like icky not in the mood mindset but you're forced three hours out of yourself so i find the less i stop trying to force myself the quicker that i'm getting back to my zone of genius and the shorter the periods are in between so like i'll come home and be like do you know what i'm not in the mood fine i'm just gonna watch a bit of television so i'll watch like an episode of Grey's anatomy halfway through now my brain's like just check my emails and i enjoy it because i'm not doing it because i have to and then as soon as i start i'm like firing again and it's just so i just don't think human this is what naval sort of says is human beings aren't built where we where we can just tell our minds be productive nine to five take a one hour lunch break it just doesn't fucking work like that So it's ridiculous the best way to do it is do it when it works however i would just say like the one disclaimer is it's easier for me i think at the moment because i've been doing this for so long now whereas i think if you're just coming out of corporate it might be a little more difficult because there's that natural urge to go into holiday mode because you've just been working in this kind of strict environment and you probably can find you'll get a little lazy. But if you're a naturally driven person, it will come back. Just let it come back in its own time. Not all people are naturally that motivated and then I don't know how
0: to help you. But like, if you are
1: naturally driven, just let it come. It will come.
0: Just relax. Okay, I love that advice and I actually need to take it myself. But I've been also trying, like, and not putting it's just fun. It's just so funny as an entrepreneur how you tell yourself, I have to work right now. I have to work all the time. It's like, I started this, so I don't have to do that. So why am I forcing myself to do this?
1: It's getting out, it's breaking the habit.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I think for me, I have this like belief that I, to be worthy, I need to be productive. Mm, Yeah. So that's something I'm working on. (laughs) Yeah. I think we all have that. And I think motivated people
1: generally have that because your your own harshest critics like i'm so tough on myself yeah i'm exactly the same if i get to the end of the day and i don't feel like i was productive enough or i didn't eat well enough or i didn't you know your expectations are just so ridiculous that you beat yourself up about it but i think the thing i'm trying to remind myself at the moment and the balance i'm getting i actually am getting it a lot better now is why do you do it just remind yourself like the goal I don't know. I think we need to stop moving the goalposts. So, for me and you, it's why do we do it? So, we could live where we want to live. Let's say we're still in Bali. Live in Bali, go out for wine with your girlfriends, you know, have this amazing lifestyle and work for yourself. Well, we've got it. We're there. Yeah. yeah. So, why do I keep racing trying to get to the next one? Like, just enjoy the process enjoy and enjoy the, the moment. Yeah. yeah. And what you were saying just before about, oh, I wish I did this earlier. I used to do that all the time as well. Whereas now I'm like, well, no, that's part of the process. Like, yeah. part of having your own business is you learn as you go. No one starts a business and goes, yep, got it right, bang on, first time, nailed it, I'm done. <laughs> that's boring. Like, yeah. we crave the, like, learning and the, and the journey and everything like that. So, yeah, now I feel like I've gotten much, much better at, like, enjoying the journey, whereas I used to just be like, oh, my God, when I'm making this much money, I'll be happy. That is just the worst, the worst headspace to ever be in. Because, again, it's that Naval guy. I think he says um, – desire is essentially a promise you make to not be happy until you get something, which I think is a really good point. Like, don't get me wrong, you should always have goals, but at the same time, you need to have a certain amount of, like, kind of gratitude for where you are at the same time. It's a really, it's a hard balance. Like, gratitude and desire, I think, is a constant
0: kind of... Something I like saying is grateful but never satisfied. Yeah. Which is kind of like... Yeah, it's kind of, like, because you're always grateful for where you're at, but you're never satisfied in the sense that you're always, like, you do want to always be improving, and, like, learning and growing, Um, but not from, like, a materialistic standpoint, necessarily, of, like, I'm never satisfied. It's more just, like, you're grateful for where you're at, but you're always learning and pushing and going further, so instead of just just having, like, destination happiness, Mm -hmm. of, like, when I get there, I'll be happy, like, I know from with me, it's like you make that money or you hit that body goal or you hit this or lose that weight. It's like you realize you're not much happier.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: Because you've been killing yourself to get there exactly. and then you're like, okay, wait, I'm here. This doesn't feel as, like, excited. Well, and then you want as- the next one, don't Exactly. You?
1: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't
0: feel as exciting as I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, and that's why you've just got to love the journey. Yes. That's, that's, and it sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's so like, true. But I think people like us also part of the journey that we love is that striving for growth. So I think we had this conversation. My partner was like to me one day, you know, do you ever worry that because you kind of always like are technically aiming for something that like, do you ever feel like you might not ever be happy? And I was like, no, because I'm actually wildly happy. Like I'm, in my opinion, I'm one of the happiest people I know. That doesn't mean that I can't want to grow. There's a difference between growth and dissatisfaction. I actually love challenging myself. That's who I am. I get kicks from pushing myself. Like, I love it. So, I am happy by pushing myself to the next point, if that makes sense. But I think that, again, is a mindset thing that I don't like, that I think our society has been really, like, pushing on us, is, oh, you always want more, therefore you're unhappy. It's like, no, I'm happy, but I like to challenge myself, and I like to grow.
0: And what's wrong with that? There's something wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, love that. Well... I think We're gonna end it here because we've been chatting for so long. I wanted to chat for 20 minutes, but I did 45 minutes. Oh my god, sorry, that's totally <laughs> no, 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 I was like, This is juiciest, yeah, yeah, and you were natural. I was like, Really enjoying this, yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on, Renee. Um, I feel like I've been wanting to do this for ages, so I'm so happy we made it happen. Where can everyone find you? Oh, I guess <laughs> I just find that question so funny. Um Instagram so Odin Ray, yeah. follow everyone at Odin Ray. It at Odin Ray. Yeah. Oden, so if a, it wasn't, a, yeah. If it wasn't clear, Renee has the most gorgeous swimsuit line. Soon to be fashion line. And I was gonna say I don't know if we were spoiling the beans, but soon to be fashion <laughs> line, and you guys are gonna have to follow her because the stuff that's coming is incredible. And if you need a really cute bathing suit for the summer, please go to her website. It's absolutely stunning. I'm waiting for the white one to come back and oh, that. It is? Shit, did I not tell you? Oh, sorry. Love, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. ordering that today. Okay, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks And for yes, me. please give her a follow, her business a follow, and support her. And follow along for more Pics in Bali with us together. Oh, yes. Having Rosé at um, basically Eddie, where that will take us. <laughs> take us back. Okay, thanks so much, and thank you for listening, guys. If you like this episode, please give it a like, comment, subscribe, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much.